Chapter 14, verses 15 through 36 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 15 through 21. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages, and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake, and gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat, and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men, besides women and children. Chrysostom. It is a proof of the faith of these multitudes that they endured hunger in waiting for the Lord, even till evening, to which purpose it follows. And when it was evening, his disciples came unto him, saying, This is a desert place, and the time is now past. The Lord, purposing to feed them, waits to be asked, as always not stepping forward first to do miracles, but when called upon. None out of the crowd approached him, both because they stood in great awe of him, and because in their zeal of love they did not feel their hunger. But even the disciples do not come and say, Give them to eat, for the disciples were as yet in an imperfect condition. But they say, This is a desert place. So that what was proverbial among the Jews to express a miracle, as it is said, Can he spread a table in the wilderness? This also he shows among his other works. For this cause also he leads them out into the desert, that the miracle might be clear of all suspicion, and that none might suppose that anything was supplied toward the feast from any neighboring town. But though the place be desert, yet is he there who feeds the world. And though the hour is, as they say, past, yet he who now commanded was not subject to ours. And though the Lord had gone before his disciples in healing many sick, Yet they were so imperfect that they could not judge what he would do concerning food for them. Wherefore they add, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and buy themselves food. Observe the wisdom of the Master. He says not straightway to them, I will give them to eat, for they would not have easily received this. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart, give ye them to eat. Jerome, wherein he calls the apostles to breaking of bread, that the greatness of the miracle might be the more evident by their testimony that they had none. Augustine, it may perplex some how, if the Lord, according to the relation of John, asked Philip whence bread was to be found for them. That can be true, which Matthew here relates, that the disciples first prayed the Lord to send the multitudes away, that they might buy food from the nearest towns. Suppose then that after these words the Lord looked upon the multitude and said what John relates, but Matthew and the others have omitted. And by such cases as this none ought to be perplexed when one of the evangelists relates what the rest have omitted. Chrysostom, yet not even by these words were the disciples set right, but speak yet to him as to man. They answered unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fish. From this we learn the philosophy of the disciples, how far they despised food, they were twelve in number, yet they had but five loaves and two fishes. 
the things of the body were condemned by them. They were altogether possessed by spiritual things, but because the disciples were yet attached to the earth, the Lord begins to introduce the things that were of himself. He saith unto them, Bring them hither to me. Wherefore does he not create out of nothing the bread to feed the multitude with? That he might put to silence the mouth of Marcion and Manichaeus, who take away from God his creatures, and by his deeds might teach that all things that are seen are his works in creation, and that it is he that has given us the fruit of the earth, who said in the beginning, Let the earth bring forth the green herb, for this is no less a deed than that. For of the five loaves to make so many loaves and the fishes in like manner is no less a thing than to bring fruits from the earth, reptiles and other living things from the waters, which showed him to be the Lord both of land and sea. By the example of the disciples also we ought to be taught that though we should have but little, we ought to give that to such as have need. For they, when bid to bring their five loaves, say not, Whence shall we satisfy our own hunger? but immediately obey. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass, and took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, blessed and break them. Why did he look to heaven and bless? For it should be believed concerning him that he is from the Father, and that he is equal with the Father. His equality he shows when he does all things with power. That he is from the Father he shows by referring to him whatsoever he does and calling upon him on all occasions. To prove these two things, therefore, he works his miracles at times with power, at other times with prayer. It should be considered also that in lesser things he looks to heaven, but in greater he does all with power. When he forgave sins, raised the dead, stilled the sea, opened the secrets of the heart, opened the eyes of him that was born blind, which were works only of God, he is not seen to pray. But when he multiplies the loaves, a work less than any of these, he looks up to heaven, that you may learn that even in little things he has no power but from his Father. And at the same time he teaches us not to touch her food until we have returned thanks to him who gives it us. For this reason also he looks up to heaven, because his disciples had examples of many other miracles, but none of this. Jerome, while the Lord breaks, there is a sowing of food. For had the loaves been whole and not broken into fragments, and thus divided into a manifold harvest, they could not have fed so great a multitude. The multitude receives the food from the Lord through the apostles, as it follows, and he gave the loaves to his disciples, and the disciples to the multitude. Chrysostom. In doing which he not only honored them, but would that upon this miracle they should not be unbelieving, nor forget it when it was past, seeing their own hands had borne witness to it. Therefore also he suffers the multitudes first to feel the sense of hunger, and his disciples to come to him, and to ask him, and he took the loaves at their hands, that they might have many testimonies of that that was done, and many things to remind them of the miracle. From this that he gave them nothing more than bread and fish, and that he set this equality before all. He taught them moderation, frugality, and that charity by which they should have all things in common. This he also taught them in the place, in making them sit down upon the grass. For he sought not to feed the body only, but to instruct the mind. But the bread and fish multiplied in the disciples' hands, whence it follows, and they did all eat, 
and were filled. But the miracle ended not here, for he caused to abound not only whole loaves, but fragments also, to show that the first loaves were not so much as what was left, and that they who were not present might learn what had been done, and that none might think that what had been done was a fantasy. And they took up fragments that were left, twelve baskets full. Jerome, each of the apostles fills his basket of the fragments left by his Savior, that these fragments might witness that they were true loaves that were multiplied. Chrysostom, for this reason also he caused twelve baskets to remain over and above, that Judas might bear his basket. He took up the fragments and gave them to the disciples and not to the multitudes, who were yet more imperfectly trained than the disciples. Jerome, to the number of loaves five, the number of men that ate is apportioned, five thousand, and the number of them that had eaten was about five thousand men, besides women and children. Chrysostom, this was to the very great credit of the people, that the women and the men stood up when these remnants still remained. Hilary, the five loaves are not multiplied into more, but fragments succeed to fragments, the substance growing whether upon the tables or in the hands that took them up, I know not. Rabanus, when John is to describe this miracle, he first tells us that the Passover is at hand. Matthew and Mark place it immediately after the execution of John. Hence we may gather that he was beheaded when the Paschal Feast was near at hand, and that at the Passover of the following year, the mystery of the Lord's Passion was accomplished. Jerome, but all these things are full of mysteries. The Lord does these things not in the morning, nor at noon, but in the evening, when the sun of righteousness was set. Rignig. By the evening the Lord's death is denoted, and after he, the true son, was set on the altar of the cross, he filled the hungry. Nor by evening is denoted the last age of this world, in which the Son of God came and refreshed the multitudes of those that believed on him. Rabanus. When the disciples asked the Lord to send away the multitudes, that they might buy food in the towns, it signifies the pride of the Jews towards the multitudes of the Gentiles, whom they judged rather fit to seek for themselves food in the assemblies of the Pharisees than to use the pasture of the divine books. Hilary, but the Lord answered, They have no need to go, showing that those whom he heals have no need of the food of mercenary doctrine and have no necessity to return to Judea to buy food. And he commands the apostles that they should give them food, did he not know then that there was nothing to give them? But there was a complete series of types to be set forth, for as yet it was not given to the apostles to make and minister the heavenly bread, the food of eternal life, and their answer thus belongs to the chain of spiritual interpretation. They were as yet confined to the five loaves, that is, the five books of the law, and the two fishes, that is, the preaching of the prophets and of John. Rabanus, or by the two fishes we may understand the prophets and the psalms, for the whole of the Old Testament was comprehended in these three, the law, the prophets, and the psalms. Hilary, he is therefore the apostle first set forth, because they were yet in these things, and from these things the preaching of the gospel grows to its more abundant strength and virtue. Then the people is commanded to sit down upon the grass, is no longer lying upon the ground, but resting upon the law, each one reposing on the fruit of his own works, as upon the grass of the earth.
tomb, where they are bid to lie down on the grass, and that, according to another evangelist, by fifties and by hundreds, that after they have trampled upon their flesh and have subjugated the pleasures of the world as dried grass under them, then by the presence of the number of fifty they ascend to the imminent perfection of a hundred. He looks up to heaven to teach us that our eyes are to be directed thither. The law with the prophets is broken, and in the midst of them are brought forward mysteries. And whereas they partake not of it whole, then broken into pieces, it may be food for the multitude of the Gentiles. Hilary. Then the loaves are given to the apostles, because through them the gifts of divine grace were to be rendered. And the number of them that did eat is found to be the same as that of those who should believe. For we find in the book of Acts that out of the vast number of the people of Israel, five thousand men believed. Jerome. There partook five thousand who had reached maturity. For women and children, the weaker sex, and tender age, were unworthy of number. Thus in the book of Numbers, slaves, women, children, and an undistinguished crowd are passed over unenumerated. Rabanus. The multitude being hungry, he creates new viands, but having taken what the disciples had, he gave thanks. In like manner, when he came in the flesh, he preached no other things than what had been foretold, but showed that the writings of the law and the prophets were big with mysteries. That which the multitude leave is taken up by the disciples, because the more secret mysteries, which cannot be comprehended by the uninstructed, are not to be treated with neglect, but are to be diligently sought out by the twelve apostles, who are represented by the twelve baskets and their successors. For by baskets servile offices are performed, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the strong. The five thousand for the five senses of the body are they who in a secular condition know how to rightly use things without. Verses 22 through 33. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Chrysostom, desiring to occasion a diligent examination of the things that had been done, he commanded those who had beheld the foregoing sign to be separated from him. For even if he had continued present, it would have been said that he had wrought the miracle fantastically, and not in verity. But it would never be urged against him that he had done it in his absence. And therefore it is said, 
in straightway jesus compelled his disciples to get into the ship and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away jerome these words show that they left the lord unwillingly not desiring through their love for their teacher to be separated from him even for a moment it should be observed that when the lord works a great miracle he sends the multitudes away teaching us thereby never to pursue the praise of the multitude nor to attract them to us further he teaches us that we should not be ever mixed with crowds nor yet always shunning them but that both may be done with profit once it follows and when he had sent the multitude away he went up into a mountain apart to pray showing us that solitude is good when we have need to pray to god for this also he goes into the desert and there spends the night in prayer to teach us that for prayer we should seek stillness both in time and place jerome that he withdraws to pray alone you should refer not to him who fed five thousand on five loaves but to him who on hearing of the death of john withdrew into the desert not that he would separate the lord's person into two parts but that his actions are divided between the god and the man augustine this may seem contrary to that matthew says that having sent the multitudes away he went up into a mountain that he might pray alone and john again says that it was on a mountain that he fed this same multitude but since john himself says further that after that miracle he retired to a mountain that he might not be held by the multitude who sought to make him a king it is clear that he had come down from the mountain when he fed them nor do matthew's words he went up into a mountain alone to pray disagree with this though john says when he knew that they would come to make him a king he withdrew into a mountain himself alone for the cause of his praying is not contrary to the cause of his retiring for herein the lord teaches us that we have great cause for prayer when we have cause for flight nor again is it contrary to this that matthew says first that he bade his disciples go into the boat and then that he sent the multitudes away and went into a mountain alone to pray while john relates that he first withdrew to the mountain and then while it was late his disciples went down to the sea and when they had entered into the boat etc for who does not see that john is relating as afterwards done by his disciples what jesus had commanded before he retired into the mountain jerome rightly had the apostles departed from the lord as unwilling and slow to leave him lest they should suffer shipwreck whilst he was not with them for it follows now when it was evening he was there alone that is in the mountain but the boat was in the middle of the sea tossed with the waves for the wind was contrary chrysostom again the disciples suffer shipwreck as they had done before but then they had him in the boat but now they are alone thus gradually he leads them to higher things and instructs them to endure all manfully jerome while the lord tarries in the top of the mountain straightway a wind arises contrary to them and stirs up the sea and the disciples are in imminent peril of shipwreck which continues till jesus comes chrysostom but he suffered them to be tossed the whole night exciting their hearts by fear and inspiring them with great desire and more lasting recollection of him for this reason he did not stand by them immediately but as it follows in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking upon the sea jerome 
The military guards and watches are divided into portions of three hours each. When then he says that the Lord came to them in the fourth watch, this shows that they had been in danger the whole night. Chrysostom, teaching them not to seek a speedy riddance of coming evil, but to bear manfully such things as befall them. But when they thought that they were delivered, then was their fear increased. Whence it follows, and seeing him walking upon the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a vision. And through fear they cried out, For this the Lord ever does, when he is to rescue from any evil. He brings in things terrible and difficult. For since it is possible that our temptation should continue a long time, when the warfare of the righteous is to be finished, then he increases their conflicts, desiring to make greater gain of them, which he did also in Abraham, making his hot conflict his trial of the loss of his son. Jerome, a confused noise and uncertain sound is the mark of great fear. But if, according to Marcion and Manichaeus, our Lord was not born of a virgin, but was seen in a phantasm, how is it that the apostles now fear that they have seen a phantasm or a vision? Chrysostom. Christ then did not reveal himself to his disciples until they cried out. For the more intense their fear, the more did they rejoice in his presence. Whence it follows, And immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. This speech took away their fear and prepared their confidence. Jerome. Whereas he says, It is I, without saying who, either they might be able to understand him speaking through the darkness of night, or they might know that it was he who had spoken to Moses. Say unto the children of Israel, He that has sent me unto you. On every occasion, Peter is found to be the one of the most ardent faith, and with the same zeal as ever, so now, while the others are silent, he believes that by the will of his master he will be able to do that which by nature he cannot do. Whence it follows, Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee upon the water, as much as to say, Do thou command, and straightway it will become solid, and that body which is itself heavy will become light. Augustine, this I am not able by myself, but in thee I am able. Peter confessed what he was in himself, and what he should receive from him by whose will he believed he should be enabled to do that which no human infirmity was equal to. Chrysostom, see how great his warmth, how great his faith. He said not pray and entreat for me, but bid me. He believes not only that Christ can himself walk on the sea, but that he can lead others also thereon. Also, he wishes to come to him speedily, and this so great a thing he asked not from ostentation but from love. For he said not, Bid me walk upon the waters, but bid me come unto thee. And it seems that having shown in the first miracle that he has power over the sea, he now leads them to a more powerful sign. He saith unto him, Come. And Peter, going forth of the boat, walked on the sea, that he might go to Jesus. Jerome let those who think that the Lord's body was not real because he walked upon the yielding waters as a light ethereal substance, answer here how Peter walked, whom they by no means deny to be man. Rabanus. Lastly, Theodorus wrote that the Lord had not bodily weight in respect of his flesh, but without weights walked on the sea. But the Catholic faith preaches the contrary. For Dionysius says that he walked on the wave without the feet being immersed, having bodily weights and the burden of matter. Chrysostom, 
Peter overcame that which was greater, the waves, namely of the sea, but is troubled by the lesser, the blowing wind, for it follows, but seeing the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Such is human nature, in great trials, oft times, holding itself aright, and in lesser, falling into fault. This fear of Peter showed the difference between master and disciple, and thereby appeased the other disciples. For if they had indignation when the two brothers prayed to sit on the right and left hand, much more had they now, for they were not yet made spiritual. Afterwards, when they had been made spiritual, they everywhere yielded the first place to Peter, and appoint him to lead in harangues to the people. Jerome, moreover, he is left to temptation for a short season, that his faith may be increased, and that he may understand that he is saved not by his ability to ask, but by the power of the Lord. For faith burned at his heart, but human frailty drew him into the deep. Augustine, Peter then presumed on the Lord. He tottered as a man, but returned to the Lord, as it follows, and when he began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. Does the Lord then desert him in his peril of failure, whom he had hearkened to when he first called on him? Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. Chrysostom. He bade not the winds to cease, but stretched forth his hand and caught him, because his faith was required. For when our own means fail, then those which are of God stand. Then to show that not the strength of the tempest, but the smallness of his faith worked the danger, he saith unto him, O thou of little faith, why didst thou doubt? Which shows that not even the wind would have been able to hurt him, if his faith had been firm. But as the mother bears on her wings, and brings back to the nest her chick, which has left the nest before its time and has fallen, so did Christ. And when they were come into the boat, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly thou art the Son of God. Rabanus, This may be understood either of the sailors or of the apostles. Chrysostom. Observe how he leads all gradually to that which is above them. He had before rebuked the sea, and now he shows forth his power yet more by walking upon the sea, by bidding another to do the same, and by saving him in his peril. Therefore they said unto him, Truly thou art the Son of God, which they had not said above. Jerome, if then upon this single miracle of stilling the sea, a thing which often happens by accident, after even great tempests, the sailors and pilots confessed him to be truly the Son of God, how does Arius preach in the church itself that he is a creature? Pseudo-Augustine. Mystically, the mountain is loftiness, but what is higher than the heavens in the world? And who it was that ascended into heaven, that our faith knows. Why did he ascend alone into heaven? Because no man has ascended into heaven, but he that came down from heaven. For even when he shall come in the end, and shall have exalted us into heaven, he will yet ascend alone. Inasmuch as the head with its body is one Christ, and now the head only is ascended. He went up to pray, because he is ascended to make intercession to his Father for us. Hilary, or that he is alone in the evening, signifies his sorrow at the time of his passion, when the rest were scattered from him in fear. Jerome, also he ascends into the mountain alone, because the multitude cannot follow him aloft, until he has instructed it by the shore of the sea. Augustine, but while Christ prays on high, the boat is tossed with great waves in the deep, 
and for as much as the waves rise, that boat can be tossed, but because Christ prays, he cannot be sunk. Think of that boat as the church, and the stormy sea as this world. Hilary, that he commands his disciples to enter the ship and to go across the sea, while he sends the multitudes away, and after that he goes up into the mountain to pray. He therein bids us to be within the church, and to be in peril until such time as returning in his splendor, he shall give salvation to all the people that shall be remaining of Israel, and shall forgive their sins, and having dismissed them into his father's kingdom, returning thanks to his father, he shall sit down in his glory and majesty. Meanwhile the disciples are tossed by the wind and the waves, struggling against all the storms of this world, raised by the opposition of the unclean spirit. Augustine, for when any of a wicked will and of great power proclaims a persecution of the church, then it is that a mighty wave rises against the boat of Christ. Urbanus, whence it is well said here that the ship was in the middle of the sea and that he alone on the land, because the church is sometimes oppressed with such persecution that her Lord may seem to have forsaken her for a season. Augustine, the Lord came to visit his disciples who were tossed on the sea in the fourth watch of the night, that is, at its close. For each watch, consisting of three hours, the night has thus four watches. Hilary, the first watch was therefore of the law, the second of the prophets, the third his coming in the flesh, the fourth his return in glory. Augustine, therefore, in the fourth watch of the night, that is, when the night is nearly ended, he shall come, in the end of the world, when the night of iniquity is past, to judge the quick and the dead. But his coming was with a wonder. The waves swelled, but they were trodden under. Thus, howsoever the powers of this world shall swell themselves, our head shall crush their head. Hilary, but Christ coming in the end shall find his church wearied, and tossed by the spirit of Antichrist, and by the troubles of the world, and because by their long experience of Antichrist, they will be troubled at every novelty of trial. They shall have fear even at the approach of the Lord, suspecting deceitful appearances. But the good Lord banishes their fear, saying, It is I, and by proof of his presence takes away their dread of impending shipwreck. Augustine, or that the disciples here say, It is a phantasm, figures those who, yielding to the devil, shall doubt of the coming of Christ. That Peter cries to the Lord for help, that he should not be drowned, signifies that he shall purge his church with certain trials, even after the last persecution. As Paul also notes, saying, He shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Hilary, or that Peter alone, out of all the number of those that were in the vessel, had courage to answer and to pray that the Lord would bid him come to him upon the waters, figures the forwardness of his will in the Lord's passion. When following after the Lord's steps, he endeavored to attain to despise death, but his fearfulness shows his weakness in his trial when through fear of death he was driven to the necessity of denial. His crying out here is the groaning of his repentance there. Rabanus, the Lord looked back upon him and brought him to repentance. He stretched forth his hand and forgave him, and thus the disciple found salvation, which is not of him that willeth or of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. Hilary, that when Peter was seized with fear, the Lord gave him not power of coming to him, but held him by the hand and sustained him. This is the signification thereof, that he who alone was to suffer for all, alone forgave the sins of all. 
and no partner is admitted into that which was bestowed upon mankind by one. Augustine, for in one apostle, namely Peter, first and chief in the order of the apostles, in whom was figured the church, both kinds were to be signified, that is, the strong in his walking upon the waters, the weak in that he doubted, for to each of us our lusts are as a tempest. Dost thou love God, thou walkest on the sea, the fear of this world is under thy feet. Dost thou love the world, it swallows thee up, but when thy heart is tossed with desire, then that thou mayest overcome thy lust, call upon the divine person of Christ. Rigmigius. And the Lord will be with thee to help thee, when lulling to rest the perils of thy trials. He restores the confidence of his protection, and this towards the break of day. For when human frailty, beset with difficulties, considers the weakness of its own powers, it looks upon itself as in darkness. When it raises its view to the protection of heaven, it straightway beholds the rise of the morning star, which gives its light through the whole of the morning watch. Rabanus nor should we wonder that the wind ceased when the Lord had entered into the boat. For in whatsoever heart the Lord is present by grace, there all wars cease. Hilary, also by this entrance of Christ into the boat, and the calm of the wind and sea thereupon, is pointed out the eternal peace of the church, and that rest which shall be after his return in glory. And forasmuch as he shall then appear manifestly, rightly do all cry out now in wonder. Truly thou art the Son of God. For there shall then be a free and public confession of all men that the Son of God is come no longer in lowliness of body, but that he has given peace to the church in heavenly glory. Augustine. For it is here conveyed to us that his glory will then be made manifest, seeing that now they who walk by faith see it in a figure. Verses 34 through 36. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about, and brought unto him all that were diseased, and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Rigmigius. The evangelist had related above that the Lord had commanded his disciples to enter the boat, and to go before him across the strait. He now proceeds with the same intention to relate whither they arrived by the passage. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. Rabanus, the land of Gennesar, by the lake of Gennesareth, takes its name from a natural power which is said to have of spontaneously modulating its waters so as to excite a breeze, the Greek words importing creating for itself the breeze. Chrysostom, but the evangelist shows that it was now long time since Christ had come into these parts, for it follows, and when the men of that place knew him, they sent into all that region. Jerome. They knew him by fame, not by sight, although indeed by reason of the greatness of the signs which he did among the people, he was known by face to great numbers. And note how great the faith of the men of the land of Gennesaret, that they were not content with the healing of the men of that country only, but sent to all the towns round about. Chrysostom. Nor do they now, as before, drag him to their houses and seek the touch of his hand, but they draw him by their greater faith. For they brought unto him all them that were sick and besought him that they might touch but the hem of his garment. 
for the woman who suffered under the issue of blood had taught them all this wisdom, namely that by touching the hem only of Christ's garment they might be saved. Therefore it follows, as many as touched were made whole. Jerome, if we knew what the word Gennesareth would convey in our own tongue, we might understand how, under the type of the apostles and the boat, Jesus guides to shore the church when he has delivered it from the wreck of persecution and makes it to rest in a most tranquil harbor. Rabanus. Gennesar is interpreted rise, beginning, for then will complete rest be given us, when Christ shall have restored to us our inheritance of paradise, and the joy of our first robe. Hilary. Otherwise, when the times of the law were ended, and five thousand out of Israel were entered within the church, it was then that the people of believers met him. Then those that were saved out of the law by faith set before the Lord the rest of their sick and weak, and they that were thus brought sought to touch the hem of his garment, because through their faith they would be healed. And as the virtue of the hem proceeded from the whole garment, so the virtue of the grace of the Holy Spirit went forth from our Lord Jesus Christ and imparted to the apostles, who proceeded, as it were, from the same body, the minister's salvation to such as desire to touch Jerome, by the hem of the garments, understand his least commandment, that whosoever transgresses shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven, or, again, his assumption of the body, by which we come to the word of God, Chrysostom. But we have not a hem or a garment only of Christ, but have even his body, that we may eat thereof. If, then, they who touch the hem of his garment derive so much virtue therefrom, much more they shall receive himself whole. End of chapter 14